This is Inside Purple and Gold. Back with Inside Purple and Gold, Jace Frederick, Dame Mizutani breaking down the Vikings game Sunday against Detroit. Probably like as far as week threes go, about as much of a must win as you'll see. Like you have to beat Detroit at home if you want to be a playoff team. Um, Dane, we were talking about Amon or St. Brown, his pure dominance. Anything else you want to say to put a kind of a bow on this? Yeah, two things. Um, I like his demeanor. I think uh, you, you see him in these press conferences. You saw it on Hard Knocks. He was yeah. able to do the whole the Draymond Green shtick of like, here's this receiver got drafted ahead of me. This receiver got drafted ahead of me. And like that was for Hard Knocks. So I'm sure he doesn't have the list like fully ingrained in his head as, as much as Draymond does. But maybe he does because you saw a press conference come out of Detroit yesterday on Wednesday. And they were asking him on Ross St. Brown about just like his dominance to this point. And for some reason, he just decided that he, he wanted to like throw Diami Brown under the bus. And like this poor guy, Diami Brown is just like chilling. He's not playing. He's probably pretty upset. Diami Brown from North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But got one selected, snap on Sunday. Yeah. Got, got selected ahead of Amara say Brown and, and Amon Ra's just saying like, I'm going to give everyone hell. Everyone who, who doubted me, everyone who passed on me. Like I was looking across the sideline and, and seeing Diami Brown and like, didn't see him much on on Sunday. Didn't see him on the field very much. And like he knew what he was doing because he played one snap, like you said. Um, yeah, it's very clear that everyone made mistakes. Uh, every team in the, the NFL made mistakes in passing on this guy. The last thing I want to say about him is I think what he's doing right now is basically what Odell Beckham did like for the last half of his rookie year into his second year in the league. Odell just had the really, really, really cool one-handed catch. And yes, Odell was great. Odell was dominant and Odell deserved all the credit he got. But a lot of his rise in NFL circles, at least from a casual fan perspective, came due to that one-handed snag behind the head impossible catch. That took him from average no-name receiver to superstar receiver. It helped that he had the first-round pedigree as well. Frankly, Amon Ross St. Brown deserves to be on that level as far as hype and what we talk about and how we talk about him. Um, I think anyone who's listening to this podcast who is a Vikings fan might be sick of hearing about him. We're about I think you're gonna be, yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to be more sick about of it after Sunday's game when we're talking more about how Amon Ross St. Brown shredded this Viking secondary. I don't think there's a chance they can stop him, Jace. I, I, can't, I can't say that enough, and I've said it a lot already. Yeah, I do think on the opposite side of the coin, I don't think there's a chance that Detroit can stop Justin Jefferson. Now, this is what you said about Philadelphia as you kind of bagged on Darius Slay leading into the game and how he wasn't really that guy anymore, and then he proved that he was. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, but just two games last year against Detroit. Uh, in the October home victory where Minnesota only scored 19 points, Justin Jefferson, seven catches, 124 yards. I'm um, in the loss in Detroit. 14 targets, 11 catches, 184 yards, mm-hmm. 182 yards, excuse me, and a touchdown. Like Detroit and the secondary isn't that different for Detroit. We've seen that they've been shredded a couple weeks in a row. Now Carson Lynch just shredded them last week. Although I will say, like that was catch-up mode. Detroit did get up 22-0 on on Washington. But like Justin Jefferson, I would expect a massive bounce-back game. Like this guy is almost never silenced. Um, in the way that he was on Monday night, he's as competitive as they come. He's consistently trying to prove he's the best. There was a little bit of a knock on that um on a Monday in prime time. You don't think that maybe lights the fire a little bit for Justin Jefferson? Like. 
I expect him to bounce back in a huge way. And he knows Amonra St. Brown's on the other sideline, and he knows what he's been posting. And uh, I think Justin Jefferson is in line for a huge game because of the matchup, because of the will to bounce back um, and kind of prove like, yeah, okay, I had one bad game. I'm still that guy. Um, I, and I don't see any way that Detroit can stop him either. Like we talk about these offenses having big games. We talk about the Vikings wanting to establish Delvin Cook. I think Justin Jefferson is probably going to come and have one of those games uh, this Sunday. He needs to. He definitely needs to do that. Um, week two is pretty unacceptable as far as I'm concerned, as far as being – if you want to talk all preseason about being, I want to be the best receiver in the league, you cannot no-show on Monday Night Football. And you cannot no-show on Monday Night Football against someone – that is still viewed as a, a top-tier cornerback. You have to win those matchups, and he didn't. Um, so it was a disappointing uh, performance, you know, in prime time. But I, I think you're right. I think he'll he'll bounce back this week. There, there's just no reason to think he won't, because, like as we've talked about, like he has he's frankly never really lost in his NFL career. Like this was the first time he's lost in week two. I don't see this being a snowball effect. Detroit doesn't have anyone that, you know, of, of that caliber of, of Darius Slay. I know Jeff Okuda was the number three pick of the draft, but like Justin Jefferson's better than him. <laughs> I wish we could like rewind the tape of me saying like Justin Jefferson's better than Darius Slay. And then him <laughs> just getting absolutely shut down. Cause I'm doing the same thing right now. Justin Jefferson is better than Jeffrey Okuda. And yeah, but that's not – Darius Slay is a significantly it, higher – Yes, caliber. 100%. But um, it, it would just be funny if, if we could rewind the tape. Uh, <laughs> Okuda just pitches a shutout. Justin Jefferson has two catches on Sunday night – or, you know, Sunday afternoon. And um, I, I digress. That's not going to happen. He's he's going he's gonna to pop again, and I think it'll be a shootout. I think it's going to have to be um, – we'll get into picks here in, in, in a couple of minutes. Um, but I think it will be a shootout. Yeah, um, kind of has to be. Where do you? Okay, we talked. I've talked about how I think if the Vikings, it's kind of a no-win situation for them. Like you have to win the game. Um, but I think I don't know how much the narrative changes about this team if they just win. Uh, but mm-hmm. what will like like? Let's just talk about the stakes in general. Like, what do you think the stakes are on Sunday? You win and and you hold serve and you did absolutely what you were supposed to do. You lose and I think people are starting to wonder like, is this actually a good team? Exactly what you said in we in segment one, Jace. The stakes are, from a Vikings perspective, you need to win to prove that you're still a good team in the league. If you lose, there is questions of, well, they played a basically AAA Green Bay Packers team minus Aaron Rodgers in, in week one. What is that going to look like in week 10 or whenever they play later in the season? If you lose at to Detroit at home after getting thoroughly dismantled by the Eagles in primetime, I think there is an actual worry that like, huh, maybe they're bad. So the stakes right now are just like a reputation of like, what are the expectations of this team this year? Right now, I think they are still playoffs. I think if you don't make the playoffs, it, it's viewed as a failure of a, a season, certainly. Um, after all, like the competitive rebuild talk of the offseason – I think if you lose this game, though, like those, the questions really start to come up. So that's the stakes from a from a Detroit perspective. The stakes are if you win, like, yeah, like you should be talking about this team as potentially a playoff team. Like they they have the offense, they have the weapons. I'm not sure they have the defense, um, but I think that that 
they have enough pieces of all the drafts that they've had high picks from in the last three or four or five years, like that the defense could come along at some point, develop. They have the offense to score with anyone. I, I think it's a high stakes game for, more so for Detroit as far as wins go, because I think Detroit can push their expectations to another stratosphere if they win on Sunday. And I think the Vikings expectations remain the same. If they win, they did what they're supposed to do on to week four. Yeah, it's kind of a hold serve thing, but this isn't going to be as easy as like as much of a dunk as it seemed like past Detroit home games would be. Like if you remember, and he got ripped for this quite a bit as just kind of a Vikings hater, but Sean Payton sat there, I think on Fox pregame show ahead of week one and said like, oh, I think Detroit's going to finish second in the North behind the Packers. And people thought, well, Sean Payton just hates the Vikings for obvious reasons. Uh, Minnesota has kind of tormented him in, in recent years. Uh, but I, I think we're seeing now, like, there's more validity to that. I'm not saying that, like, I would still pick Minnesota to finish second in the North. I would still do that. But you see, like, Detroit has pieces. They have Dan Campbell's building mm-hmm. something there. Like, the <clears> offense <throat> is good. The defense is not. But um, <laughs> still, like, it is like a team that looks like, you know, they're heading in the right direction and and probably will beat some teams that we do not think they should beat this year. Um, that's going to happen. Now, the Vikings cannot be one of those teams, especially not at home. But like this is kind of a the Vikings have to at least stake their claim to being one of the top dogs in the North um, and maybe still better than Green Bay. I don't know. Like one loss at Philadelphia does not exclude you from that discussion. Uh, but you have to win this game. Uh, you really do. And let's get into our picks for what we think is going to happen in this one. First, let's start off with the purple prop party. Every week, Dane and I will make one prop player prop bet. Um, our selection for what we think is the best looking bet on the board. And these Lines are provided by DraftKings Sportsbook. Dane, last week, uh, you took another Justin Jefferson over. It did not hit this time around, so you were one and one just riding the Justin Jefferson train. I picked Miles Sanders to go over, like, I don't even remember the exact line. It was, like, 46 and a half rushing yards or whatever, and he got to, like, 80. Uh, so we're both one and one. Where are you at this week? Lines, Vikings, what player prop that stands out to you? Uh I think anyone who's listened to the end, if you've gotten to minute 42, 43 of this podcast, you know where I'm going with this. It's Amon Ross St. Brown, 70 and a half, 70 and a half receiving yards. Hammer the over. He's going to destroy the Viking secondary. I'd be shocked if he doesn't get to 100. 70 and a half seems a bit low to me, especially when you look at the same prop board and you see Justin Jefferson at 96 and a half. Um, I know that Amon Ross St. Brown's still has a ways to go before prop bets are are saying, oh, he's in the 90s over under. Um, but he's there to, as far as I'm concerned. 70 and a half, I think it's free money. I think you hammer the over. Yeah, I mean, like we said, that's one time in the last... Yes. However, like, in the um, last eight, nine, eight games. Nine games, has, eight games. Yeah, that he has went under that. One time. <laughs> this guy it's literally... Not gonna like, be, it's not going to be this week. It's not yeah, going to be this week. It's Jared Goss' favorite receiver. Like, anybody who's getting 10 targets, you're probably going over 70 yards, and he does that every single week. Um, that is Jared Goff's guy, and for good reason. I am going to go with Kirk Cousins over 285 and a half yards. And here's why. Like, that number is insanely high. They only put the number that high if it's going to go over. Uh, that's kind of my stance on that. Like, oh, okay, where's the trap? <laughs> and I think that's a trap of, like, that's a big number. I'll take the under. I'm going over on that. Um, I saw a really funny video clip on Twitter, and it was Stefan Diggs, like, after the Monday night game going, I'm him, I'm him, I'm him. And somebody grabs the video and goes, Kirk Cousins when he sees a noon home game. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, That's true. 
I, I think like this Detroit secondary can be torched. I think Justin Jefferson's going to have a massive day. I think Kirk Cousins is going to benefit off that. I think the Vikings passing game will be more. It, it will be more like it will have whatever more of everything um, than it did not only in week two, but even in week one, I think, I think this is going to be a shootout. Um, I think they're going to be posting a lot of points. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have more time to throw. I think he'll maybe use more of the options. I just, I expect a big game from Kirk Cousins, like one of those 302 type performances. Yeah. And the only other one on the board, 96 and a half for Justin Jefferson, take the over on that too. I think like just commit to the not Dane's official pick, but he's, you know, he's right. Parlay. Take that and parlay. Parlay all three, like parlay Jace's over on Kirk Cousins passing yards, my over on Amon Ross St. Brown, and our collective over on Justin Jefferson, 96 and a half. You, you win a bunch of money. We don't take And then unders. subscribe to this podcast. Yeah, we don't yeah. take unders here. We do not take unders on this show. Um, that's for sure. Okay, let's get into the game. Uh, 52 and a half point over under. That's a, that's a really big number, but that's kind of what we've been talking about. We expect these two offenses to surge um, without much resistance. And the Vikings six-point favorites at home which I think is a big number to a lot of people. Um, but I don't think a lot of people still like quite believe in the Lions yet either, um, even given with what they've done the first two weeks. So where are you at on this one, Dane? I don't think the Vikings cover, but I think they win. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Um, I think it could be a field goal difference. Um, Greg Joseph made a 55-yard field goal, 54-yard field goal as time expired, saved Mike Jim- Zimmer's job in week five last year. I'm not predicting game winning field goal, but I think a field goal could be a difference. I don't think the Vikings are winning by a touchdown. I don't think it's going to be a runaway by any means. I think they do win. I think it's close throughout. I think it's pretty tense, um, but I think the Vikings walk away with a win here because they have to, they have to win this game. Um, And I think they know that. I think the locker room knows that. I think Kevin O'Connell knows that. I think Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen know that Um, you have to win this game. And I think they will. Yeah, I've got Vikings 30 to 27. Um, so the overhitting and the Vikings not covering, but pulling out the win, getting one they need to move to 2-0. Um, it's, it is an interesting game, though, because, like, yeah, we've talked about Detroit making improvements, but just outside of that, like, Detroit's got a ton of momentum right now. They're probably feeling great about themselves. They have a full week. Minnesota's coming off a short week. Uh, Monday night football, It's that's not easy to bounce back from. Uh, they haven't yeah. practiced this week either, Jace. Like this, and is we're sitting here Thursday we're, morning, and this is going to be the first yeah, practice. Yeah, the it's, first practice. And some teams respond well to that. Some don't. Um, Minnesota, as training camp showed, maybe not practicing is kind of the, the Viking way. Uh, but, <laughs> but frankly, like it's there are a lot of things where you can line it up and see where like advantage Detroit, advantage Detroit. Like, and the bounce back narrative for the Vikings is so easy. Like, oh, okay, now they're going to come home and and be themselves at least offensively but there's just no guarantees of that and like i said like there's just no guarantees that this is a good football team we think we still think it's going to be i still think it's a nine-win team but there's not even guarantees of that um you know like there are a bunch of question marks this could still be a 12-win team this could still be a nine-win this could be a seven-win team you know like we're still gaining evidence piece by piece and trying to like put the puzzle together um i still think it's very much still inconclusive at this point so another week another chance to learn something yeah, and that's, I think what we'll see, at least for the first month of the season, month and a half, two months, is like who, we're, everyone's trying to figure out who these these guys are. And it's not just our podcast, it's probably every podcast covering every team throughout the NFL. It's very easy to talk in, in declarative statements about a team week to week, 
Um, we're I still think the hurt. Bills are good. I think the Bills are good. <laughs> the Bills are very good. <laughs> the Bills. I picked Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, but I might just want to give the Bills the Lombardi Trophy right now. They, yeah. they, they're so good. They're you, so crazy good. But you're right. Oh a bunch of other teams are in the same boat as Minnesota. Like you just don't. You're not quite sure. Even some 0 and 2 and 2 and 0 teams, you're like, I don't know. That could still be a good team. That could still be a bad team. I don't know. Like the Vikings, I am. You know, frankly. I played this game all last season with this team. I think they're okay. I think they're bad. I think they're, maybe they're okay. No, maybe they're bad. You know, like, and that's the concern I think is that you're back on this is that you never find the answer until it's too late. And you're like, Oh, I guess week 17. You're like, Oh, I guess it was a bad team. Um, (laughs) We'll see if they can get a more definitive answer a little sooner this time around. Yeah. You just got to string some wins together here. Like the schedule is friendly to them this year on paper, on paper. I think, um, there are games and, and as teams kind of figure out who they are and as teams kind of show who they are, like maybe the, the wins that looked like they were wins on paper are, are a little bit more 50, 50 games um, as far as the Vikings are, are concerned, but I don't think the sky is falling. I think they're going to be okay. I still think they're going to win 10 games, but if they lose on Sunday, I will be concerned. I will, I will be very concerned. I will say like, everybody's like the Vikings are going to be fine. And in my head, I was like, that's the problem, right? They're just going to be fine. They're like, that's, not, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the whole, that was the whole point coming into the season is like, do you want a team that's just going to be fine? Cause that's where they've been. And that's what it looks like they're going to be. So when people came off of that Philly game and go relax, they're going to be fine. I said, that's the problem. <laughs> you know, so be like, bad. I, just, but be bad or be good, you know, stop being fine. Uh, but you know, even this week, like, Hey, next week you go to London to play the saints who look like a really complete good football team. Like you do not want that to be your must win game. Uh, so mm-hmm. pull this one out against Detroit. Um, all right. I think that's all we have for this one. Jace Frederick, Jamie Zutani inside purple and gold Vikings odyssey podcast, uh, follow, subscribe, make sure you're getting all these episodes. Come along with us on this wild journey of a Viking season as it is every single year. Uh, thanks so much for listening today. We'll be back after the Detroit game, breaking it all down, win, lose, tie, whatever. Um, thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye.